Speaking of tech, Carmi Levy, our tech expert, joins us for a Tech Tuesday. Good morning, sir. Good morning, John. I guess that last bastion of silence gone for good. Absolutely. Although I always, it's funny if you ride the subway, for example, on the Young Line, and it pops out after, uh, I guess, Summerhill going into Rosedale and down to Bloor. Everybody pulls out their phone <laughs> to refresh things or to send a quick text. It's hilarious. So now you guilty as charged, John. Yeah. Oh no, I've died. <laughs> you know, I'll re reload Twitter, for example. Okay, so let's talk tech. And speaking of social media, how much time are teenagers spending on TikTok? Uh, way too much. Uh, they're spending an average of an hour and 52 minutes wow. on the app every day. Uh, for some teens, it amounts to about 40% of their overall use of their phone in any given day. The second place app, YouTube, way back at 40 minutes, Instagram 16, Snapchat 10. So TikTok is just by far the 800 pound gorilla. That's what your kid is using when they're using a smartphone. Uh, and this, despite the fact that they have a 60 minute daily screen time limit. So apparently that screen time limit isn't worth uh, the price of admission. So clearly not working. Kids are addicted. Well, understandably, because it's it's kind of like eating peanuts. It's like, I'll just have one more. Okay, one one more now. Here we go. It kind of is. And, and the, the experts are speculating because compared to all other apps, TikTok doesn't require you to do anything. You just sit there and flip through video after video after video. You don't have to interact. You don't have to comment if you don't want to. Their reactions are just one tap. Uh, so it's it's an incredibly you know, low friction app that requires almost nothing uh, of the user. It's almost like you know when we were kids and we would just sort of zone out in front of the TV. TikTok is the zoning out in front of the TV app of the modern age. But I do find TikTok and you know TikTok videos show up on Facebook as well. Fascinating in how it's created brand new celebrities and franchises like there's a guy who walks around and approaches people on the street i have a feeling it's a bit of a setup but he'll say you know where do you live how much do you spend a month and the person will tell them and he'll say can i see it and then he'll go on a tour and who doesn't want to walk around somebody's loft in manhattan it's a pretty cool, uh, pretty cool way to make a living. And in fact, some of the key influencers on TikTok, I mean, they're making six, seven plus figure salaries out of this because they've TikTok's algorithm allows viral content to find a huge audience. Uh, and then, of course, TikTok allows you to monetize that, make some money on advertising off of that huge audience. So this is an entirely new model. The word influencer didn't mean quite what it meant before TikTok came along. And now we have not only an entire new addiction for an entire generation, but we also have an entire new career path for some of our kids. OK, so I need you to set the record straight. There is this talking point going around that everybody's going to have to register pretty well any kind of outlet, a media outlet with the federal government. So like a podcaster is going to have to register. And actually, that's not really the case unless you're making millions, in which case you are the weirdest podcaster I've ever met. Um, this is about registering, for example, Netflix and treating it exactly as you treat CTV. Exactly. This this is not individuals must register for uh, with the CRTC. That is absolutely not the case. This is if you are a streaming service, a social media service, a subscription television service, anything that's available online, a platform. So not an individual, but a platform that makes more than $10 million in revenues 
in Canada each year. You, then you must register under uh, the new uh, online uh, streaming act, Bill C-11, with the federal government by the end of November, November 28th of this year. So it only applies to the companies, not the individuals. I don't know where those rumors are coming from, but as we know, social media tends to take these things and sort of spin them. That is absolutely not the case. The problem that I see uh, is that it sort of opens the door. If if I'm a podcaster, an individual podcaster, uh, and, and the platform that I'm using has to tell the government, the federal regulator, uh, their name, their address, what they're doing, give them some details on some of their activities, it sort of opens the door to, well, are they going to start looking at the, the podcast that I've posted? So it, op- it, it isn't uh, individuals registering with the government, but it sort of does open the door to greater government oversight of uh, so-called user-generated content that you and I and all of our listeners might want to post online on these services if we're given the opportunity. So we're not quite there yet, but it's certainly something that, that we want to watch because it does have privacy implications, but it isn't as dire as social media would otherwise have us believe. So one of the great secrets uh, that has been kept from many is that data storage is an incredible energy pig. And apparently AI and data centers also drink up billions of liters of water. How's that? Uh, so every time you do anything online, there's a data center somewhere. You're telling a server in a data center, possibly hundreds or thousands of kilometers away, to do something. Run a Google search. There's a server somewhere that is uh, that is that is doing something for you. That activity uh, uses electricity, generates heat that requires air conditioning to take away. Um, so there is there's some some data now from the Canadian Institute for Advanced Research (CIFAR), uh, and what they wanted to do is calculate how much carbon dioxide does does using artificial intelligence produce. And of course, AI, uh, when you use, say, chat GPT, that's almost like a Google search on steroids. The amount of activity that's generated by artificial intelligence queries, those prompts into the chatbot, is even more than, say, a Google search or opening up a Google Doc or doing anything online, storing a photo. Um, so basically, what, what ends up happening, they, they tried to, to measure how much energy was being used, um, how much energy is being consumed, how much heat is being generated, how much air conditioning is required, and then how where's the energy for that coming from? Is it coming from a renewable source or is it coming from a non-renewable source, in, in which case it will generate uh, carbon dioxide emissions? Uh, and they found that uh, Google's number, uh, the numbers for Google searches uh, were in the 12 billion tons of carbon dioxide per year. Uh, but even more interesting, if you do a, uh, a simple uh, query with a chatbot on uh, online, you are you are requiring as much water for cooling that data center as a 500 milliliter uh, uh, glass of water. Um, so every single time you ask ChatGPT something, it's a bottle of water. And keep that in mind because think of all the millions of people who are doing this. It adds up and adds up and adds up. And of course, artificial intelligence also requires cooling for the training process, which is a one-time process. But then uh, every time we use it, we're requiring more and more energy, more and more cooling, more and more water. This adds up and it's terrible for the environment. And I understand now Google is blocking news stories in searches. What what are the implications there? So the implications here, and it's not official. The, the, of course, this is all over Bill C-18, the Online News Act. We know that Meta has stopped carrying Canadian content uh, from news sources in Canada. Uh, Google has not made it official, but they're 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 making it clear that's where they're going. 
fine. Um, so the reason that we don't have Google Bard, the chat bot, uh, the equivalent to ChatGPT in Canada, uh, their VP of Global Affairs uh, last week uh, speaking to uh, in a press roundtable confirmed, we don't have it because of Bill C-18. Uh, and they are watching their news content very carefully. I'm noticing um, that uh, news content is a little bit harder to find. It's a little bit further down. Uh, we do know that they were they were running some uh, tests earlier this year, pilots, to see what it would do or with how they would implement the technology if they were to remove news content from the platforms. I'm hearing from more people that that is, in fact, the case. You can still find it, but the algorithm, in some cases, is dialing it down. So they are preparing for what's coming. Uh, and if, if we think that uh, Meta not having news content on their platforms was a bad thing, just wait, Google, it's going to be a lot worse. Thank you, sir. Always a pleasure. Thanks, John. That's Carmi Levy, our tech expert.